the gates of the Arctic swing open. And this is Way Over Our Heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. We're at the town hall in South Minneapolis. Kenny, how you doing? Doing all right. We should let people know because there's Let's a clink few the glasses. Ta- <laughs> few town halls. We're at the town hall lanes. Yes, facility. yes. So if you hear bowling sounds yeah. in the background, it's not a sound effect. Yeah. It's the real right. thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, Kenny, uh, so here we are. It is uh, early December. And uh, yes, we're looking at some snowfall and the temperatures are going to take a turn downward. You know, it's amazing. It's barely even early December. We're recording this on the 8th. Yes. People are going to start hearing this on the probably on the 9th. Yeah, we're getting towards that middle third of the month already. Where did that time go? It's amazing how fast time goes. So kind of a double header here. We've got not a double header of storms, but we've got some precip coming and colder weather. Kind of a weather double header, and I'm sure that's as much detail as most people care for. I mean, the <laughs> fact that it's not all, you know, a totally coordinated weather system. Uh, yeah, kind of interesting. I've got one bet for you. I'm willing to make a bet. Okay, that sounds good. I'll take Here's you up. Okay. I would bet anyone that the Twin Cities will have at least one sub-zero reading this year, oh, this winter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Gutsy. That's a, yeah, right? well, gutsy. That's a real gutsy. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's coming this week. Okay. Uh, the reason I say at least one is we're probably good for two, but one of them is a little iffy. That uh, It's not clear what we're going to get done by Tuesday morning in terms of temperature drop in the Twin Cities, but Wednesday morning should be sub-zero. The reason I say at least one is we have not yet had a winter that fails to see the temperature fall to zero or lower in the Twin Cities, but we've been close a couple times. And, uh, you know, having the temperature get cold early in December doesn't necessarily tell you anything about the rest of the winter. Uh, A lot of these weather events are unrelated. So we don't know, looking down the pike right now, we don't know if uh, we're looking at you know, a year where we have 30 to 35 or maybe 40 days that hit zero or lower, or if it's going to be, you know, we're going to have 10 to 15 of those days. So, but here we are, we know we'll get at least one. It's going right. to be this week for sure. Right. Yeah. So the snow will start overnight tonight. This is yeah. Sunday, December 8th, and it will start probably yeah. more so early morning hours of Monday the 9th, correct? Well, okay. So if you live in the area between, say, Moorhead and Duluth, the snow is going to start a lot earlier than if you live in the Twin Cities. So uh, Moorhead region, it's probably going to start snowing by the time we're done recording. But in Duluth, uh, expect that snow. Again, this won't be news to people because of the delay here, but uh, it'll have begun snowing by or slightly after midnight. In the Twin Cities, it might be more like 5 in the morning or 4 in the morning before the snow starts. We get a smaller window of snowfall here in the Twin Cities, looking at anywhere between three hours and maybe six hours of accumulating snow, probably delivering us between two and four inches in the Twin Cities. Now, we do have a chance of getting six inches of snow if we get a couple extra hours. That's not for certain. Uh, Again, there's a kind of elongated section of this storm where it's going to produce more like 12 hours of precipitation. And up in the Duluth area, they're looking at another six to maybe even 10 inches of snow. And they've barely yeah. recovered from the last snowstorm. You know, and we, I mean, and so in the Twin Cities area, up to about St. Cloud or so, it's a good accumulating snowfall. 
As you get a little farther north, it's a full-on winter storm, and they have winter storm warnings out. And again, this will mostly be irrelevant by the time the majority of listeners grab this. But uh, again, you know, six to ten inch snowfall totals look pretty likely up there. We've got strong winds uh, gusting maybe 30 miles an hour, especially in open areas. And this is going to be a light powdery snow. Okay, so not heart attack snow. It won't be heart attack snow, although there will be a lot of it. So, you know, you got to be careful shoveling up in right. especially the Duluth, Brainerd, Fergus Falls areas. you got to be careful because there's going to be a lot of it. And, you know, some listeners might know uh, the snow in Duluth from the last storm was still wreaking havoc on the aerial lift bridge as of, I think it was Friday. That was frozen, it still wasn't wasn't it? Yeah. operational because of the snow load on the bridge had wow. essentially prevented it from lifting. And that's the extent of what I can say that's right. uh, about that bridge. I don't know any of the other mechanical finer points, and I don't really know any of the, I don't know the current situation, but uh, that's quite a punch to pack. To no <laughs> kidding. down a you know, a gear to lift bridge. <laughs> right. So. With, I assume, a pretty powerful yeah. motor attached yeah. to it yeah. to move it These aren't it guys, like, yeah. pulling on the, <laughs> the ropes. I mean, they got, uh, these are motors that are running those that pulley system. So that was pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, nothing quite like that. And nothing with the ferocity in the Duluth Harbor of that blizzard. But I'm sure folks in Duluth who already have 25 to 30 inches of snow in the books this <laughs> this winter already, they're looking at another six to ten inches. They could be up around 35, 40 inches by the time this wow. thing's over. And that uh, that's a fast start to winter, even for Duluth. No kidding. So the fact this snow will not be the wet, heavy stuff, are the winds going to blow, and is blowing snow going to be an issue? Oh, yes, especially in open country. You know, here in the Twin Cities, where a good fraction of our listeners are. Uh, here in the Twin Cities, you know, the, the snow causes problems when you're on the road, if it's blowing around, because you come around to turn and maybe maybe your visibility is reduced a bit and you can't see some of the traffic in front of you. But it's much worse in the open areas of uh, outstate Minnesota. Really outside of, once you get outside of the 494, 694 loop, uh, it starts to open up, but especially, uh, once you get kind of outside of Hennepin County and Carver County to the west uh, west and northwest of those areas north of Anoka County, that's where you really start to see um, blowing snow issues on the roads. And this will be a windy storm. It, the winds aren't going to last a really long time. You know, with some of those big winter storms where it blows hard for two days. And I don't think we're going to see that. It's more like... A, uh, Kind of some overlap with the winds picking up as the snow is still falling, and then another six to 12 hours of strong winds after the snow stops. But by the time we get into the late overnight hours, Monday night into Tuesday morning, winds will be calming down. They won't be all the way calm, but they'll have calmed down quite a lot. There won't be the extreme blowing and drifting anymore at that point. But yeah, some of those snow phantoms that you see out on the roads when you're out in open country and you see these kind of ghost-like figures of snowfall sort of drifting through the air. Yeah, you'll see some of that uh, as the snow's at peak intensity on Monday morning. But uh, by the time we get to Monday afternoon, the snow will have ended in most places and the winds will be starting to wind down a bit. And so the blowing snow hazard is kind of limited with this system. Okay, well, there's a meme going around that you've probably seen, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen it as well. You're but it's assuming a, that it's I'm graphic. up to date or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you haven't seen it, but <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a graphic 
that has like the map of Minnesota and it's zero to 78 mm. inches. That's the forecast. Is it more difficult to accurately forecast precipitation in the winter than it is during spring, summer, and yeah. fall? Yeah, this meme is now a few years old and it gets, uh, it resurfaces every time you've got a good spread in snowfall or any kind of uncertainty. And, you know, the reality is it, that, that meme gets at meteorological technical uncertainty just as much as it gets at kind of spatial variability. So, for example, if you were to say, say you had one minute to give a forecast for Minnesota, what are you going to put in that forecast? And how are you going to cover the variations across the entire state? Down along I-90 and in far southern Minnesota, they might not get an inch of snow out of this system. However, along and south of Highway 2 in northern Minnesota, and, you know, along Highway 10 and kind of west central northwest Minnesota, yeah, those areas are going to see possibly isolated areas getting a foot of snow, especially, you know, near Duluth. So how do you cover all of that uncertainty in a single graphic or in a small amount of time? And then add to that the fact, and, you know, I'm sure, you know, listeners have heard this enough, thought about it enough, or been told about it by other people enough that they want to vomit anytime someone <laughs> says it. But a, a really subtle shift in the track of the main storm system can, can be the difference between one area getting an inch of snow and that same place getting a foot of snow. Right. You know, 40 miles makes a huge difference. And in that way, because we don't usually have 40 miles of absolute certainty, that's kind of, at, at a minimum, our uncertainty is about that large. It's, it's often the case that we don't know exactly how much snow is going to fall at all places. Usually you get a pretty strong signal like, well, it looks like, you know, with this storm, we know that Duluth is going to see a lot of snow. I would be very surprised if they see anything fewer than five inches. Uh, we know that it's probably going to be a west to east band of the heaviest snow in Minnesota running basically between that sort of Duluth area and Moorhead. But we get into some uncertainty as you get down, especially into the southern part of the Twin Cities, where a shorter exposure to that snow could give us only one or two inches in parts of Dakota County or, you know, maybe Goodhue County and southern Scott County. Uh, but if we get a few more hours of snow, they'd be looking at four or five inches. And then, you know, so you've got a lot of sort of make or break room. And remember, for most of us, this is not that big of a storm system. Right? Imagine you have that same that same sort of uncertainty dynamic in place when you have two to three times the amount of moisture available and a much longer duration. And we've actually seen this where we thought we were gonna get a foot and a half of snow and we got zilcho. I mean not a nothing. And we've also seen it where, you know, we hit it right on the money. But uh, there is a lot there is that uncertainty is kind of baked into it. And you know, with, with thunderstorms, which I suppose is the logical contrast, you think of summer weather and the summer kind of inclement weather, I don't think that it's necessarily the case that we always know exactly where the heaviest storms are going to be. But I think that smart weather information consuming public kind of understands that some of that uncertainty we don't know exactly where the thunderstorms are going to be but we know they're going to be storms and if you're driving down i-94 you're probably going to see them i think they kind of accept some of that uncertainty a little better whereas snow forms these huge swaths but then the 
cutoff between being in that swath and not being in it at all can be very sharp. And that makes, I think, the kind of art and science of snowfall prediction a little bit harder. Even though we, we usually know the big story just as well. We know the big picture, but the details are what matters. I mean, if you tell you know, Twin Cities area folks that they're gonna see eight to 12 inches of snow, it is likely that they will preemptively cancel school. Right. They will start, you'll start having meetings and other things getting canceled. Uh, bus routes might, get, uh, might go on to some kind of backup plan. And if you miss that, and they end up getting one to two inches, you're gonna have a lot of people up in arms. Right. And that scenario is more likely to happen during winter than when with similar stakes in the summertime. Right. Yeah, it's tough. It tough. So once the snow winds down, then the Arctic gates swing open, correct? Yeah, this is really, <laughs> okay, so I have to be careful because I could get super nerdy about this. Okay. How, and I realize that the average person who's bothered to tune in, they just kind of want information. I don't know how nerdy they want to get. Usually when we have a cold front coming through, it's because a fairly strong low pressure system passed through the region and swung this cold front through. In this particular case, the cold front's actually gonna arrive before the low pressure system comes through. And it's being pushed to us from a large high pressure system, kind of cold, dense high pressure system up in the prairie provinces right now. It's in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, and it's pushing that colder air southeast. Yeah, this is actually representative of some of the coldest air in the continent. It is, you know, if you kind of think of the Arctic as the reservoir of the coldest air that you can get during the winter season, uh, then this cold front kind of represents the gates of the Arctic. And uh, yeah, the gates are swinging open. And, you know, it's not quite like last January, but it's going to be a good cold outbreak. Uh, you know, temperatures in Minnesota are going to tumble well below zero. It's going to be below normal for this time of year. It's not going to be historical. I don't think anyone's going to be talking about this cold outbreak in years ahead. But it's, you know, it's a good cold outbreak. And then the question is, we know we're going to come out of it and that the weekend probably is Friday and Saturday are going to be a lot more mild and we're going to rebound maybe even to the thawing point. But uh, there's some question about what happens after that. If you look at the American model, the GFS or Global Forecast System, that model suggests that for the next two weeks at least, we're just going to remain in this very active kind of freight train pattern where cold air plows into the region, lasts a couple days, abates for a day or two, and then comes back. And so on that particular model, this is the first of maybe eight or nine days where we tumble below zero and with wind chills in the negative teens, negative 20s, and maybe even negative 30s. The first of maybe eight or nine of those days out of the next 15. That's the American model heard of the European model? Yes. Yeah, the European model, which generally performs a bit better, but they all have their weaknesses, and who knows? You know, last year, none of the models really picked up on what was about to happen with that turn that we had at the end of January and in February. But in any case, the European model says, we get past Wednesday, and the temperatures start rising enough that by Thursday, they're back towards normal, and then we spend the rest of the, the next week to 10 days after that 
just kind of, you know, slightly above or slightly below normal conditions. So two very different stories. One showing us with the potential to kind of remain in that Arctic reservoir for much of the rest of December. And another scenario that says, now we just dip our toes in and then it's gone. And the, the water recedes or the, the <laughs> Arctic reservoir recedes back to the north and we end up being mild. So I can't claim to know exactly what's going to happen. I don't think any forecaster does. The Climate Prediction Center, which does the 6 to 10 and the 8 to 14 day forecast, has been kind of trying to split the difference between the two and showing us being just slightly below normal for temperatures. But th there, is a, there is a little bit of boom or bust potential there where if, uh, if we do hit the cold jackpot, we will be deeply below normal. And if we don't, well, then it looks like mild conditions. And we're kind of right on this, this ribbon that separates very cold air to the north from very mild air to the south. And we don't know exactly where along that ribbon will be. And that's some of the further uncertainty. So will the gates of the Arctic remain open? Uh, who knows? <laughs> Where's the coin? We can flip yeah, it. Yes. Right. Yeah. Your guess is absolutely as good as mine at this point. Why is there such a variance between weather models sometimes? Oh, well, some are better than others. I mean, the, uh, the European model has a little bit of artificial intelligence kind of built in. So it has the ability to analyze itself and analyze its own performance and compare what it sort of imagined happening with what actually happened. And then, to the extent that it's possible, build the sort of correct solution into future simulations. The... American model doesn't really have that, and so there is a potential for the European model to just keep getting better and better with respect to uh, its performance comparison versus the American the global forecast system model. They usually will have a lot of the same physics at kind of a crude level, but there are certain things that, you know, uh, the model can't produce uh, it's a model, right? Right. If it were a full-scale depiction of the actual atmosphere, it would have to be the size of the Earth <laughs> with, the, with right. the actual atmosphere involved. And so just like any model, the creators of the model have to pick and choose what details they think are worth keeping in and what details they think are worth removing. And when you're dealing with, well, it's a three-dimensional object, but it's also rotating and revolving, and it has this, a sort of semi-constrained fluid that rotates with it, it becomes a multi-dimensional fluid problem and it's pretty complex. And so, you know, deciding what parameter you want to keep in versus which one you think you'll show the door, that, that's not always an easy choice. And so some models will retain certain physics equations in the atmosphere, but get rid of other ones. So some of them are, will focus heavily on maintaining thunderstorm convection because that's an integral process to producing uh, precipitation and also to releasing heat in the atmosphere. But other ones might say, you know what, that's too, there's too much computational space that's taken up by those equations. So we will use something a little cruder for thunderstorm convection. We won't use the, the raw physics and instead maybe we'll, we'll, we'll spend some of our energy on other elements of the atmosphere. So it all comes down to the choices that the modelers ultimately have to make for what they want their model to be able to do. Good question, Jim. Well, Kenny, the other thing I wanted to ask you is you said, we exchanged a text last week, about mid part of the week, and you said you're thinking on this particular storm 
the snow and then the colder temperatures has kind of evolved over the past several days. What exactly do you mean by that? On this particular yes, storm? Yes, yeah. I, well, I, I can tell you that, <laughs> you know, five days ago, it looked like the Twin Cities was going to get a square hit on this one. And additionally, you know, the, the weather pattern in general, I mean, you know, any, if we have any serial listeners who like to actually listen to everything we do or most <laughs> of what we do, they probably will remember that last week in our podcast, I kind of thought mild, right? Yes. Could yes. be mild. Mm-hmm. We don't have any cold yeah. air in sight. calm after the storm. Yeah. yeah. So that's one way that, that's one way <laughs> that my thinking has changed a little right. bit. Is, right. Uh, you know, we have, we're in a really strange circulation pattern right now. And I have to admit... 2019 has provided some really hard to anticipate weather patterns. Not once you're only two, three, four days away, but when you're a week out, it's been really hard to know, you know, is that pool of cold air that's sitting up in central Canada just going to remain locked up there or is it going to make a run for it and charge southward? And everything I had seen the last time we talked suggested that it was just going to remain stay put up in central Canada. And we were going to be pretty mild for a while. Uh, and then in the models in the last several days, uh, it looked instead like that cold air was going to make a run for it. And in fact, that American model was suggesting it was going to make a record-breaking run for it. But this is one of the reasons that you can't just rely on models. You need a combination of model information. You need to remember the basics of meteorology and sometimes create your own little maps and do your own analyses. And you also need to rely on experience. Uh, In the middle of this week, the coming system looked like it was going to drop heavy snow over the Twin Cities, 6 to 10 inches here. And leave northern Minnesota out of it. Well, we now know that that's probably wrong. And it also looked like we were going to have several days deeply below zero with the records being absolutely obliterated. And it turns out that this global forecast system, the American model, has a what we call a cold bias. It tends to overanalyze cold conditions, overproject them, get a little too excited with cold air, and its error might be up to 15 degrees. Uh, That's right? substantial. It sure is. So I think, in my opinion, and this is just, here's, here's a sort of uh, lay bet that I'd be willing to make. Uh, I don't think that the Twin Cities International Airport during this, you know, Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning will fall much below negative 10, if it even gets to that level. Might only get to negative 9. Five days ago, that global forecast system model had us at negative 24. Whoa. Okay, so that's a big difference. <laughs> yes. All right? So if I am nearly correct, and that, you know, the, the lowest temperature recorded at the airport really only does go to negative 9 or negative 10 or maybe negative 12, um, then that means that the that global forecast system model, which is the main model that American meteorologists have to rely on, was was forecasting conditions that were, you know, 10 plus degrees too cold. And that's actually a level of error that's not really acceptable for forecasters. Right. But in any case, part of why my thinking has changed is uh, the weather changed its mind from what it looked like. <laughs> I mean, it looked like the, uh, it looked like the uh, 
cold air was going to stay put, and now it looks like it's making at least one gesture towards us. And I think that the the real lesson here for everyone, Jim, is still that, you know, as, as good as we can get with some details now, and, you know, occasionally you'll see a system several days away, or maybe even six to eight days away, and we'll kind of nail it. Every once in a while we can do that, and and within one to two days we can often be pretty precise and say, you know, it looks like the heaviest rain is going to be somewhere in this area here and be relatively precise. But those are still exceptions. And it's still true that out beyond six days and especially out beyond eight days, there's a ton of uncertainty in the weather and it can change. So it might look like it's going to be warm and we shouldn't be surprised if that flips to a cold pattern or it might look like it's going to be cold and we shouldn't be surprised if that flips to a warm pattern. So bottom line is we, we're pretty good with the next week. We know that I, I'm pretty confident that Tuesday and Wednesday are going to be really cold. Listeners are going to need to bundle up and they're going to need to cover their exposed skin and all of that. And that will start warming up Thursday, Friday and Saturday. And that, you know, by the time we uh, talk again next Sunday, We'll have gone through a full cycle from mild conditions, which we had this weekend, to snow and very cold conditions that we'll have in the middle of the week. And then we'll be back to mild conditions from much of next weekend. And I'm not exactly sure where we'll be when we talk next Sunday, because that will be that will be seven days out right, from now. Right. And who knows? And beyond that, I really don't have much more than an educated guess that I could make. Okay. Well, Kenny, in a nutshell, what can we expect uh, Monday, Tuesday, yeah. and then going into the rest of the week and touching on next weekend? Yeah, sure. So it looks like uh, by the time you get to Monday morning, it's going to be a, probably a bad commute in the Twin Cities. Uh, two to four inches seems like a, a good bet over most of the Twin Cities. Again, if we get a few more hours of snow, then that could be five or six inches in some areas. Uh, six to ten inches of snow at least in that sort of swath of central to parts of east central and northeastern Minnesota, including Duluth, Brainerd, Moorhead area, extending into northwest Wisconsin. This snow will be over for the most part by the time we get into Monday afternoon. The winds will be uh, blowing pretty strong and that'll pump some cold air into the region. Get cold Monday night and Tuesday night and we'll be on the rebound by the time we get to Thursday morning. And uh, we should be relatively mild from Thursday afternoon into Saturday at least. And then after that, it's uncertain. I can't tell you what to think for next Sunday, Jim. We'll <laughs> okay. just have to play it by ear. Absolutely. This has been Way Over Our Heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. We're at the Town Hall Lanes in South Minneapolis. Kenny, always great to talk to you. And we'll check in with you a week from today. Good talking with you. Have a great week. Stay safe. You too, Kenny.